0: The people who experience change in new years are the people who plan for the change. It's very rare to somebody accidentally stumble into increase. But how many of you know if you set yourself to increase, chances are you're going to get there or at least you're going to get 75% of the way there. And so that's our intention. We don't believe that God or the Bible is just something that we do. It's not our religious obligation Uh, We spent the summer talking about the pursuit of happiness, which was unpacking the scriptures to help us to understand that God's intention for humanity, the scripture says, is that we would live life to a place where we would richly enjoy the things that God has created for us. And so when we talk about making a plan, and the reason why we make plans is because our intention is... I want to experience all that God would have for me, for my family, for my job, for my future, for my business. That's my intention. And this morning, we're going to talk about the plan, um, but from a little bit of a different angle. Um, I apologize if this is your first time here. Normally, I am so fun and so light, and uh, you leave feeling so good. And this morning, you're going to leave feeling good because God is good, but... Um, I feel an obligation from the Lord this morning because, um, you know, when I was 18 years old, um, I, I, I grew up in church, uh, but I'll say church did not grow up in me, uh, and I missed a few things, and so I really I knew about God, but I had no relationship with God, and to the place where when I graduated high school, I knew um, that that living a life for God was valuable and it was important. Um, and I knew that I needed a radical transformation in order for my life to go from where it was to the place where I knew it needed to be. So when I was 18 years old, there was a ministry called Teen Mania, and I went to their internship, which was called the Honor Academy. Shout out to people like Ron Luce and great men who've created a great generation of believers. Um, and, And this was really, when I went to the Honor Academy, it was really the first time that I knew that God was calling me to ministry beyond just being a Christian, Um, And and I realized something, you know, is that God typically calls us uh, or reveals his plan to us when we're young, Uh, I think mostly because we're dumb, Uh, that he tells us the things uh, when we're naïve. Uh, and we think that everything that he says is just going to be easy. And, and I can remember being in a meeting. Uh, John Bevere was amazing. We had the opportunity to hear from amazing men and women in the faith. And John Bevere was at a particular uh, session that we had there, and he was preaching about, I don't necessarily know what, you know, something that he talks about. Uh, and all is I can remember is he had this very prophetic kind of moment where he said, you know, he stopped the service and said, I feel the Lord is, is he's going to come in in waves. And you know, me being uh, me, I totally was thought that he was just, you know, pulling that out of a hat and he was going to play on our emotionalism. And it was, he counted it down and he was like, the wave is going to hit you in three, two, one. And it was as strange as it sounds. It was like just the wave of presence just flooded my body. Was like when I went to a Benny Hinn meeting, you know, and I went up for healing prayer, even though I didn't need healing, because I wanted to know when he waves his arm, right? Is this actually doing something? Uh, And so I I did that, and, and so I was feeling these waves, and I stood up just to receive what God was doing, and God showed me a vision, and He showed me just this picture, and I was weeping, and I found myself just saying yes, as He showed me pictures and as He showed me His plans. I found myself just responding with this word, yes, over and over and over again. And this morning, I was wondering, if you could do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and ask them a question for me. Just say to them, does God have your yes? Does God have your yes? Holy Spirit, I pray that our time together this morning would be absolutely meaningful and that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I got to tell you, uh, I'm, very, I'm full of anticipation this morning for what I'm about to speak uh, because I believe that God is in the business of advancement. Uh, I think that scripturally, when we talk about the things of God, we see very clearly that God would have it if he had his perfect will in our life, that the scripture says it like this, that we would go from glory to glory, that God's, in God's economy, it is an economy of increase. It's not an economy of lack or shortage. It's not an economy of bondage. Um, God would desire it that each of us, wherever you find yourself today, whatever situation that you're going through, I'm here to promise you something, is that life with God, and when we life and find our destiny in God, there's only advancement always in everything we do. But this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter one, where our reading is gonna be started today, we find the apostle Paul in, in, I guess kind of in a bit of a pickle. Uh, He found himself defending himself To the church that he started you know ain't that a thing you know you ever have to argue with something that you made right like you ever want to just like pick your kid up and just throw you know like i took you in and i could take you out kind of thing you know. and this is paul um he's collecting a special offering for the church at judea uh, but he doesn't really talk about that till really later on uh in the chapter really around chapters eight and nine or in the book till around chapter eight and nine Uh, And and really what we're going to talk about this morning is these are Paul's initial comments. This is pulled from chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 15. And, And this was the Apostle Paul, the man, really one of the primary figures in Scripture who was called by God to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And he's being contested by people from a church that he started. Right, like Pastor Paul is getting hate notes from his congregation. And the reason why is that he, really the beginning of this book is, is that he's explaining to them why he changed his plans from what he intended to do to what God purposed for him to do. It's going to be an important distinct, distinction this morning. And the verses that we're going to read are, are, are his defense of his changes, because initially he said, I'm going to spend 18 months with you uh, and then he did it, right? The plan that he initially set out with had changed, uh, and some people started to call Paul the fickle apostle. Uh, if you read through this, the beginning of it, he responds with this funny word and saying that he's responding to them calling him fickle, that that because of the, the, he, him following God, essentially, he had been labeled as the fickle apostle. And so this is Paul writing back. You know, this is not Paul's first year of ministry. This isn't his apprenticeship, uh, he knows a thing or two at this point, and when you read this, uh, you realize there's a little bit of spice in his response. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's a little bit of attitude uh, in the way that he responds, and, and so let's read in verse, you'll see it in verse 15. He says this. He says, because I was confident of this, basically because I thought we had a relationship, you know. I thought that I don't, you knew that I don't just move according to what I feel, but I operate according to God's purpose. I was confident of this, that I wanted to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. He said, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and then come back to you from Macedonia and then have you send me on my way to Judea. So here's the question. Was I fickle when I intended to do this or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no. But as surely as God is faithful Our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, me, Silas, and Timothy, this was Corinth, and so all the heavy hitters of the gospel came through this area, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. He's reminding them, don't be fooled by what you see or what you experience Just because you might not like what you're experiencing right now doesn't mean that it's not God's perfect plan for your life and is somehow in the end going to bring a benefit to you that you didn't know if I went and did it the old way against God's plan. Can I get an amen? Amen. If you caught that in my fast talking. Verse 20 says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. You mind if I go back there? We're going to focus on verse 20. He says this, no matter how many promises God has made, if he said he would bless you, if he said he would heal you, if he said he would forgive you, if he said he would make a way for you, if he said he would carry you, if he said that he would turn it around, if he said he would redeem you, if he said he would restore you, if he said that he would use you, Paul is letting us know the answer is still yes. Even though it's not going the way you want it to go. God's answer is still yes. If God said yes, God means yes, and it will forever be yes and amen, to the glory of God. And so I want to speak to you this morning about this concept, the yes, the yes. I remember getting engaged to be married. Uh, anybody here engaged to be married right now? Anybody? Oh yeah, you guys are engaged to be married. Oh you guys are engaged to be married. Yeah, congratulations, right? And God bless you for all that's to come. (laughs) I remember getting engaged uh, to my wife, Danielle. She's somewhere right now, probably chasing my daughter around somewhere. Uh, Or our daughter, not just my daughter. (laughs) Important distinction nowadays. I remember getting engaged, but how many of you know that getting engaged is the first yes? Because the yes that comes after that is much different than the first yes. I want to talk to you about this concept of the next yes, right? Like, you ever see the show Say Yes to the Dress, right? In my life, really, Danielle's next yes should have been Say Yes to the Mess, right? (laughs) Anybody, any married people know what I'm talking about in here, right? You're like, how, what does this have to do with the analogy? But you're like, yeah, that's totally true. Say Yes to the Mess. And this is the point that I want to make this morning that the Apostle Paul, I believe, has made, is that oftentimes, we don't know what we say yes to in our relationship with God when we say it. And that we say yes, we don't know all the blessings that God has in store for you. I promise you, Danielle did not know. (laughs) She didn't know all she was saying yes to when I knelt down on one knee and asked her in this very hopeful, positive moment with our bright future in front of us, she had no idea all that she was saying yes to all the opportunities that we would have and the things that we've gone through so far in life, all the obstacles that we would eventually face. When she said to me, you know, yes, Alex, I'll be your wife and, you know, we'll serve God together, right? It was, you know, she didn't know all that that would entail when she said yes. And You know, this is so much what I find about God is, you know, I don't want to say that God is tricky. Um, Let's say it like this. God is selective in when he calls you. He's very selective in what he shows you, right? Like when I was crying with John Bevere saying, yes, God, yes, it was a very different picture. Uh than what the last 15 years of my life was. When I said yes to the Honor Academy, when we say yes to Christ, when we said yes to salvation, when we said yes, I want you to forgive my sins, when we say yes to our relationship with God, when we say yes, I want to live by faith and not by sight, when I say yes, I want to be reconciled to my creator, yes, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that That yes. When we say yes to God, we don't really know all that we're saying yes to really until much later in the process. And every step that we take in following Christ, every yes, every step, every movement that we make to us leads us to a greater understanding of the plan that God has before us. And sometimes that means that we sign up for one thing. Can I get amen? And then we experience another and that's what requires surrender and like i said this is a little bit of a different message for me but i'm not a guest preacher you know i'm not coming in like telling you you know sacrifice for jesus and i'm gonna like fly out and do no i'm a pastor of the church and i felt it was my duty through my own experiences and don't get me wrong my relationship with god has been nothing but adventurous But once in a while, God will put a message in my heart that's intended by the Holy Spirit to challenge us and take us to the next step in our journey. Because one of the things that I think that it would be so uh, um, immature for me to do as a leader in this house is to encourage you to say yes to something that in the future you're going to say no to. I think that it's my responsibility, along with everyone who shares the honor of standing in this spot and leading you, is to make sure that we understand that this life with God, this journey with God, albeit, yes, exciting, and the things that we get to experience and the lives that we get to touch are, are immeasurable as we watch things transform and change cities and lives and families. But how many of you know that, just like when I married my wife, that there are times that our yes is gonna require something more. It's gonna require a grit from us that unless we're prepared in the beginning to respond to, it can sometimes be damaging. And this message isn't about the first yes. It's not about the engagement yes, it's it's about the next yes. It's about the yes that comes after the underwear on the floor. It's about the yes that comes after you left your beard hairs in the sink for the third day in a row. It's about the yes for after things didn't go the way you expected. The yes that comes after God has asked you to step into a deeper spot that requires something. And remember that as we're talking about the Apostle Paul, this was the story of his life. And he was called by God to be an apostle in probably the most remarkable way in Scripture. I mean, for those of you who know, he was literally knocked off of a horse you know, God knocks him off the horse on, you know, his road to Damascus. You know, he's going to have one of his regularly scheduled persecution sessions where he's about to go kill Christians and God knocks him off his horse and calls him to begin to the preach to the very same people he was persecuting. You know, I've realized something that as I have followed the Lord is, you know, God is funny in the sense that he has a sense of humor. You know, you ever had that where you spend time with the Lord and he laughs? You want to know what I have learned is, you know, the knockout joke with God? When I go to God and I tell him my plans, you know, that pretty much is sure to get God to just like crack up. Because, and this is really what Paul is doing is Paul is explaining this principle to the church to help them to understand that their plans And his plans are subject to God's plans. That the process of success in Christianity, the process of being a great person and living a life that matters and experiencing the promised land is, we're going to talk about that next week, isn't that we become so obsessed with our own plans, but it's that we allow God to mold us and shape us and change us in our pursuit of the plan that God has for each of us. If you're taking notes this morning, my first point is this, write this down. God's yes is settled. Paul said this, God is not fickle, God is faithful. The scripture says that God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. Paul is letting us know that God is faithful. That whether it looks how you want it to look or not, whether it goes the way you've planned, whether you got to go back and tell people that you changed the plan who you told you'd never change the plan to. God is faithful in establishing, responding, fulfilling the promise that he's given to us. Before you even make mistakes, before we even walk away, before we even experience the challenging, God has already forgiven us before we found ourselves outside of the will of God, God has already reconciled us back to him. Before I served him, before I sought after him, before I received him, his answer to me was already yes. I love that when I think about the cross and I preach about the cross, this concept of the cross overwhelms me is that as Jesus stretched forth his hands and declared, it's finished. What Jesus was saying to us was that God's answer to you is yes. We don't have to wonder, we don't have to question. God is faithful to respond to his promises with yes. And there's nothing that we can bring before God today in the name of Jesus, in agreement with the will of God for our life, that God will not say yes to. This is what the scripture says that Paul tells us is that God answers his promise, and God's answer is always yes. So this morning, if you're wondering, I've made a mess with my life. I've made some mistakes. I've done some things outside of the plan that I knew God had asked me to do. Maybe you walked away. Maybe you did some things, and you're finding yourself back in this environment, and you're asking yourself, can God really reconcile me back to the promises that he gave me five years ago? Paul tells us that God isn't fickle. He's not saying yes and no. He's not questioning or wondering. The Bible tells us very simply that God has already answered yes to the promises that he's given. And here's why, because God is not fickle. God is faithful. You ever had a fickle friend? I gotta tell you something. If you ever tried to be my friend like five years ago, I was a fickle friend. I was the friend who would say yes to you only because I was too nervous to say no to you and then text you later on in the day when you're making plans for me to come over and let you know that something strange and impossible came up and I just absolutely cannot make it tonight. You ever have a friend who was good to hang out with you until somebody better came along? I had somebody ask me, you know, a, a little while ago, this was a few months back, I can't remember honestly what we were talking about, uh, but this person asked me, you know, if you said this, you know, would, would you get canceled? You know, if you said this from the pulpit, like, would they boot you out, you know? And I thought about it for a minute, and honestly, the question stuck with me. Um, And as I was pondering my response to what I was going to say to this question, I had this realization. God called me. You know, because we live in a cancel culture, right? You all heard that? The cancel culture where things are here today and then they're gone tomorrow, right? The moment that someone does something that doesn't agree with the way that you think things should be done, the reason that somebody won't conform to the way that you think that person should conform to and the way that you want them to. We talk about this idea that we cancel them. You know, we cancel this person or we cancel this celebrity. But I want to say to you this morning something very bold that what god called man cannot cancel that god called you god chose you god gave you the plan that god gave you for a reason and no matter what happens in your life there's nothing that can cancel the plan that god has for you god called you god equipped you and god will fulfill the promise that he's given to you because you see when god called you god knew exactly what he was getting with the package Don't you ever find that sometimes that, you know, when you first come to God, you get this amazing prophetic word about something and you totally believe it. And then the devil comes and starts whispering to you about all the reasons why you can't be all the things that God said he wanted you to be. You know, when I realized something is that when God asks us to do anything, it's always impossible in our own strength to fulfill what God has asked us to do. But when God gave us the promise, when God set us out on the path in order to achieve the things or be the thing or have the thing that God said we could have, he already knew everything was wrong with us. He knew all the reasons why the, and, and all the things the enemy would tell us of why we couldn't be what we said. He knew all those things the moment that he gave us the promise. That if he accepted us, if he loved us unconditionally, Then what sin, what shame, what insecurity, what inferiority, what shortcoming, what problem or issue, the scripture says, can separate us from the love that God has for us? Can I tell you this morning, I feel like God gave me an announcement to give to you. That man did not create the plan, and so man cannot cancel the plan. That man cannot cancel what God has promised. So I feel like the crux of this message comes at this moment. And we see it with the apostle Paul when the plan changes and we have to decide. Am I committed to the plan or am I committed to the purpose? Because Paul says this, he says, the plan has changed, but the purpose remains the same that I'm gonna go back a different way. It's gonna look different and feel different, and I'm so bummed that I can't be with you. But no matter what it looks like or feels like, the plan has changed, but the purpose remains the same. Can I say this? I can say it, because I have the mic. It was really rhetorical. I wanna talk about this for a minute because I feel That when we give God a yes, that our yes will always be tested. Often, you know, we bring God our plan. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know about you, but I was this way. I came to God, like I said, when I was older and I had a plan. And really my intention was kind of like bringing a blueprint to an architect. You know, like this is my plan. If you wouldn't mind, just like, you know, sign off at the bottom, you know, stamp it and sign it. And this cool let's just move on together you know it's kind of like you know a, a, a bringing a permission slip you know you're i want to go on the fifth grade you know skating trip uh you know please heavenly daddy god father can, can you just sign stamp it and sign it and let me just be on my merry way but i've realized something is that sometimes god will cancel the plan to accomplish the purpose Because the first yes is how we expected our life to go. The second yes is not so simple. The second yes is, and and I believe that God gave me this message this morning because there's some of you that are having your yeses tested even as we speak. Because there's a plan that we have for our life, right? And some of you I know, like myself, you're on like plan O P. you know? Like you're like, no, 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 no. Like we passed plan B like a long time ago, right? And Paul said this, this is what I love about this, and this is why we have to remember that we trust in the person, not the plan. Because God said the plan was canceled because God has a better yes. You know, I wonder that when we sing that song, you know, like we say, yes, Lord, yes, yes. And I always wondered, like, why do we say the yes twice? You know, like, didn't God hear me the first time? You know, because we love Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Don't we? I mean, that's pretty much, you know, if you, when you come to Christ, you learn John three, sixteen, and then you learn Jeremiah 29, verse 11, right? For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, and there are plans to prosper you, and their are plans for your good. And, you know, I begin to think about and process this scripture out, and you know, I love the scripture, but if we really think about what the scripture says, the scripture says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You know, and I begin to think about this, that if he knows the plans, who doesn't? right i mean by the very nature of the scripture he knows i don't i know the end i know the purpose i know why i've been put here i know what god has asked me to do the plan of how i'm going to get there is up for interpretation it's up for changes and processes and because i tell you something a lot of the time why god changes the plan is because he needs to bring us to a deeper level of trust that God needs us to trust him at the level that we need to follow him. And oftentimes we find ourselves in moments with Paul where God asks us to do something that we don't want to do. And it's not about the change of plan. God knew when he gave you the plan, he was going to change the plan. But he needs us to answer very specific questions. Do I trust you more than I trust my plan? Because Jeremiah 29, 11, I love it. But if you submit, leave it outside of verses 12 and 13, I think that you miss the intention of the scripture. It says this, like, I know the plans I have for you, and their are plans to prosper you. And you're like, yes, Lord, the blessing. Yes, God, you know? You're like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen, right? Any Pentecostals in the room remember that? But if you leave it outside of verses 12 and 13, you miss the whole point of the scripture, It goes on to say this, and then you will call me and I will answer you and you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's interesting because he says, seek me. You know, we love and we could become so enamored with the plan. His plan. Love his plan. But we miss the part That's about him. We all do this. I can do it so regularly. I can want things to go so perfectly and so according to my own plan and how I think. That sometimes I'll be spending time with the Lord and talking to him about my plan. <laughs> He's so great. But he reminds me that it's not about the plan. It's about The partnership, it's about us walking this thing out together. Because you see, the yes that Jeremiah is talking about here, it's not the engagement yes. It could be mistaken as that, but the yes here is, do you trust the person even when you don't like the plan? That's the yes I believe that we're talking about this morning. we prepare for 2020 and all that God has for us is, will we follow him? Will we seek him? Will we run after him even when parts of the plan don't look the way we want them to look? Because I tell you something, it's easy for Danielle to be my wife in certain moments, certain moments, certain moments, right? Because she had no idea everything that she was saying yes to. Now here's the question. Do we trust the person or do we trust the plan? Do we trust the person when we don't like the plan? Do we trust the person when the plan requires us to do something that we didn't initially set out to do? When God asks us to do something, when he asks us to go somewhere. When, because the, this year that we're giving to God is isn't just gonna be about the blessings. The plan that God has for us is, yes, the intention is to get us to the blessings, but like King David talks to us about in Psalm 23 is that sometimes in order to get to the blessing, you gotta spend some time walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I realized something is that just because God takes me through some of these difficult times to make me the person that I need to be doesn't mean that I have to stay there and die. But God's intention is that I would walk through the valley of the shadow of death to get to my place of blessing because this yes is different this yes is about believing that God is working even when I don't experience or feel his presence in what's happening in my life right now this is believing that God is all over this season of my life even though I can't see him anywhere in sight that's what this yes is that we're talking about this morning it's the yes that steps us into a place with him because the easy yes is when we when god invites us or we say yes to god changing things about us that we want to change ourselves the married yes this is the thing The easy yes is when Jesus calls the disciples and says to them, I want to make you fishers of men. The next yes is, I'm going to Jerusalem. This ends on a cross. And will you still follow me when it doesn't go the way that you thought it was supposed to go? Can I get a yes when the plan isn't what you expected? This is this scene, this amazing scene that we see with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when this God himself come down in man form is kneeling at the rock. The scripture gives an account that he was sweating blood, that there was so much internal turmoil and pressure that he was bleeding out of his skin. And Jesus makes this famous statement that says, Father, if there's any way, let this cup... Pass from me. He didn't want to go to the cross. He didn't want to have his body broken. But he says this. Jesus says, I don't want to say yes. But in that moment, he says something. I think it's one of the most powerful statements in scripture. He says it like this. He says, nevertheless. Because you see, a real yes is something that pushes and reaches past our flesh. It's something that reaches past our feelings, something that reaches past our experiences something that reaches past our logic, something that reaches past what's popular, something that reaches past opinion, something that reaches past all those things that it reaches past and says, God, I'm saying yes, not out of my flesh, but I'm saying yes out of my spirit, out of the person that I want to be, out of even though I don't feel like saying yes, I'm saying yes because I believe this is who you're asking me to be. He says this, So the answer is still yes. And it will always be yes. Say whatever you want devil, it's still a yes. Come against me however you wanna come against me, it's still a yes. Tell me I have no rights, it's still a yes. Tell me I'm not good enough, it's still a yes. Tell me I shouldn't go this way, it's still a yes. Remind me or tell me that God has abandoned me, it's still a yes. Tell me that nobody's gonna like me if I go this way, it's still a yes. Tell me this is going to cost me. It's still a yes. Tell me it's not going to feel good. It's still a yes. Tell me I'm not going to like it. It's still a yes. It's still a yes. It's a yes for me. It's a yes when he called me. It's a yes when he chose me. The scripture says, "It's yes and amen to the glory of God." Now, amen is such an interesting word for him to use. Amen is not just I knew I wasn't going to get many amens today, but that's okay. I came ready to amen myself. Amen. I got an amen to that. But amen is not just a word that we use in order to, you know, encourage a preacher to let him know he's doing a good job. Amen is a covenant word. It means that God has already said yes to you, even when you have said no to him. Because that's what this yes is all about. You see, that when you've given God every excuse, every reason, every logical projection as to why God should exclude you, he still brings you in and chooses to use you. But I need you to understand one very important point. Because God will always say yes and he will always choose you. But our yes is connected To God's yes your yes my yes is connected to God's yes and not that we need to earn his love because that's not what I'm talking about not that we somehow need to like curate his desire for us that we need to somehow earn his affection that's not what we're talking about because the scripture says that God is not like that but when we put ourselves in a place where we say yes We have no idea what's connected to our yes. You know, sometimes when you're really fighting to trust God, we're not even actually fighting for the thing that we think that we're fighting for. That you think you're fighting what's in front of you but God sees generations down the line to your children's children's children, and he's putting you through everything you're going to, I tell you something, I've realized that sometimes what we're fighting for is the cleanliness of our bloodlines in the generations to come. That we're establishing heritages of faith. We're establishing a a, a realm of Christianity that my children and my children's children will live in that oftentimes the difficulty is to see beyond the momentary plan to the legacy that God is desiring to create. Our yes is always connected to something that we can't see yet. And the devil fights us so hard right now, not even about what's in front of you. The devil fights us so hard because he knows what our yes is connected to. Why? Because there's breakthrough in your yes. There's deliverance in your yes. There's freedom in your yes. There's healing in your yes. There's salvation in your yes. There's a second chance in your yes. There's a restored family in your yes. There's supernatural turnaround in your yes. There's divine intervention in your yes. There's so much more purpose in your yes than you know what you're saying yes to. And the devil is so intent on getting you to say no instead of yes because he sometimes sees beyond the things that we're saying yes to. I should, you could pass up the communion elements. When you say yes to God, you have no idea what you're saying yes to. I want you to close your eyes just with me for a moment. Let's just take a moment of privacy and concentration as the communion elements are being passed out. I believe this is a moment where we solidify our yes. That the things that God is asking you to do this year, that we're, Making an outward, a bold statement that no matter what it looks like, no matter what comes our way, we're committed to the person, we're committed to the purpose. Not the plan, not the how it goes day to day, but God, we're in this for good. Some of you this morning, it's a heavy yes. Some of you, the yes that God is asking you to give him this morning is a sacrificial yes that God is asking you for something that maybe you've said no to for a long time and you feel that tug. For some of you this morning, it's like Jesus said, nevertheless, yes. Because you know what God is asking you to step into and you know the next few steps are gonna be challenging. But as we hold this cup and this wafer in our hand, this is... A visible representation of What Paul wrote to the church in Corinthians. And that as we hold this cup and this wafer in our hands, the Bible says that this is the a visible representation of God's yes. The scripture tells us that if God was willing to put Jesus on the cross for us, his most prized possession. It says to us, what could we ask him that if he was willing to do that, what could we ask him that he wouldn't also do? And so that's what we're holding today. We're holding our yes. We're holding the representation that no matter what you're going through today, no matter how it feels, no matter how impossible it seems, This, what I'm holding, is the answer. It's the yes. It's the reminder. It's the the anchor. It's the solid ground the scripture tells me where I build my house on something that lasts. And so, Heavenly Father, this morning, as we hold this cup in our hands, we thank you for the yes. We thank you that we're not alone. We haven't been abandoned. That you haven't left us to figure this out on our own you promised us, that you'd walk with us, you'd stand with us, you'd fight with us. You'd rejoice with us, you'd cry with us, you'd sit with us and run with us. The scripture says that it's in you that we live and move and have our being. It says in the book of Psalms, where could we go? We go to the highest height or the deepest depths that you wouldn't already be there waiting for us david says it like this i've been young and i've been old and there's one thing that i've never seen i've never seen god say no so when you're ready i'm just going to invite you to take a second you don't have to rush this let this be a holy moment for you and i want to encourage you to just put that thing in your mind that you know god is asking you for and as you take it as you As you breathe in God's yes, let yourself breathe out and respond with that yes.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward, in Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.